0: Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hoag. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I'm here with Matt, who started fba not too long ago uh it felt like it's been a while though because you've been in touch with me i feel like since you got started but you are a seven figure fba seller who is gonna hit seven figures this year alone so you went from just seven figures over start to finish to just or to seven figures in one year man that's amazing congrats thanks man
1: appreciate it thank you for all your help over the years too
0: yeah, man, you've been equally helpful just watching your journey um, from afar. You know, you've kind of kept me up to date with what you've had going on, and I know we've traded some uh, some reviews for new products and whatnot. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Amazon's not like, listening. I don't know what we are talking about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't see that.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm happy you could join me though, just to kind of shed some light on your journey. Uh, and I guess you know what? Let's start with what we were talking about before we hit record, because I I think it's really awesome that as a YouTuber, I get to sit down with people like yourself hear your unique insights into e-commerce in general. You were telling me that you are a print on demand seller, but you've been prioritizing FBA. you think that's where your time's best spent. Do you want to elaborate on that?
1: Sure. So um, started doing print on demand. I, I want to say somewhere in 2020, I was one of the lucky ones that got into uh, Amazon merch like my second try, so it wasn't a you know wasn't a big deal like it is for some people um, that keep getting turned down. Uh, followed your instructions on your YouTube videos about doing uh, the integration with Printful to, um, I went to Etsy, uh, Amazon, I pushed them to Amazon, even though I had the merch uh, account, I also did some on eBay, and um, I, I was spending a lot of time on it design, you know, coming up with designs, and I learned how to do a little bit of Photoshop to make them, you know, somewhat palatable, so I could try to get some sales. And um, I found the, my best selling shirts, uh, were ones with just a basic two word phrase on them. It was just something catchy that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and it was, it was a little bit, uh, I don't want to say it was frustrating, but I just noticed that my FBA business for the return on investment and time that I was putting into FBA, I was just getting a lot more, um, sales and, and money back from, um, my print on demand was, you know, maybe doing, you know, a dozen, 20 shirts a month. Whereas, you know, my FBA business was doing, you know, 50 sales a day. So, um, I just, it, it was just a time, time management thing that I decided to kind of just let the print on demand sit where it was at. And I haven't really, I haven't uploaded any new shirts in probably a year. Just let the ones I have sit there.
0: Yeah, man. Well, who knows where print on demand could go if you jump back into it too. That's what's so cool, man. Like I've gone through periods in the past where I, I kind of lost interest, but it always kind of was there. You know, I'd maintain it a little bit and, um, you know, it still makes sales. And then if you get the desire to jump back into it, it'll be there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of that is
1: Etsy customers are much more high touch than, mm. than Amazon are. So those, those yeah. 50 sales a month from Etsy, you're touching them customers a whole lot more than you are with your Amazon ones, even though you're doing 10 times the volume, or at least in my case, that's how it was.
0: For sure, so So let's talk FBA, man. Like how Mm -hmm. successful, I guess you can kind of steer the conversation to anywhere you wanna take it, but I'm just curious, like how successful was your first product? I think when people are thinking, or like watching this interview and they're not FBA sellers yet, a lot of people are scared, rightfully so, of the like monetary investment in the and the time investment in launching that first product. Like was your first product a success? um in some aspects it was uh financially it it took off um
1: really well I was really happy with the sales it produced um it sold really well for about four months and I didn't do my due diligence and it was a Amazon restricted product and so Amazon went through and basically wiped out the um the whole niche of everybody was selling the product and I don't mind Mm -hmm. telling you it was was, uh, those sky lanterns you like the little um, flame thing. And then watch some paper lanterns go off into the sky. Right. Um, we had no liability there. Right. (laughs) No. And I I don't blame Amazon. Some states are illegal. So like, how do, how do you limit what states and what counties they get shipped to? Right. So it made sense, but, um, yeah, so we were selling really well. In fact, we had gotten to the point where we had just, just landed on California's coast from our supplier, 10,000, units of sky lanterns and then i get the email you know wake up to an email saying your listing's been closed due to that so um we we did an audible and we we're like well, what can we do well we got this print-on-demand stuff going on and etsy let's just put our lanterns on etsy and that worked really well we we're doing um about 20 sales a day on these sky lanterns on etsy for a while and so what we were doing was when you have to pull inventory back from amazon they they don't do it in a 10,000 10, bulk shipment. They dip and dime you from every fulfillment center around the, the, the United States. So we were literally getting shipments of boxes of like five to 10 units for a year after we had our listing got closed. And so basically that's what we did. We just kept it on Etsy. We did some, we tried eBay. Um, both those platforms eventually canceled those listings for the same reasons. but we were able mm-hmm. to clear out of our stock. So that being said, we, we didn't lose any money on the deal. Cause we were still able to sell them through another platform. Um, but, uh, we, we, we learned a lot. We knew to, to do a homework on a product to make sure it wasn't restricted or, or, um, <clears throat> what's the other one restricted or, uh, hazardous goods. Yeah. Hazardous we'll goods. Like that. Yep. So we learned our lesson there, uh, and never launched another product like that, but, um, we we took the money that we we're making off that and this has been my business model since we started in 2019 every time we make money off of uh off of a product we're putting it right back into the company i we've been going now for what almost three years there and i have yet to really take much profit off the business you know I'll, I'll pay for little things personally off of with the you know the business money um maybe a couple thousand total but mm-hmm. um we just keep launching new products because it's it'll grow as fast as I can put money into it. Once you kind of get the eye for what's going to work as a product and sale, it's, you don't have that issue of trying to find new products to launch because you, you find them
0: faster and you can really afford to keep launching them. It'll be my case, you. that's how I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great, man. Um, and that's kind of like, I can relate to that when I really got the FBA bug, you know, my first year, like I started growing exponentially myself. Like I went from oh man I don't know if I belong I'm scared. Uh, launched one product. As soon as that was a success, like a successful product, and I knew it was going to work, yep. I instantly like with the same supplier launched two more SKUs of the same product because it was just then it's a brand you know. And then yep. I uh, immediately found another supplier and launched like little plastic, like a basically a themed plastic cup is what I'll say. I don't sell them anymore, but um, so I, I instantly went from like one to three. And then after that, like did kind of the same thing with the plastic cups, launched two more and then expanded the first brand and then launched a whole nother brand where I launched like seven SKUs right away because it was tied to a website that I built in college. So, I I mean, I I went from having like (laughs) my first order cost me 1600. My second order maybe cost me like, you know, another like 5000 that's with shipping. And like then I was launching my uh, whole new brand, seven SKUs. And I remember wiring like over 30 grand. And I was just like, whoa. This, yeah. I, like this, this went, this got here quickly, you know, and I was kind of scared uh-huh. at that point. I was like, maybe I grew too quick. And I do that every
1: two weeks. I wire about 30,000 every two weeks out now. Yep. Yeah. It's scary to think how much money I, I run through.
0: Can I but- ask, like, um, do you have to go to the bank yourself, like manually do it? Or like, cause mm-hmm. that used to be the biggest pain in the ass for me, even though I had a bank across the street from my nine to five, like it was still such a pain.
1: No, I wouldn't do it if I had to do that. that would that would be a different conversation. um I up until the point where I started wiring these larger amounts larger to me anyway, I did it all with a credit card and got the points. Al- Alibaba then started charging a fee for it like last year. So um <laughs> no, my bank uh, allows me to do um, it through, through my online banking account. so got
0: you, got you. yeah, I've thought about that too. but um,
1: yeah, I think it cost me a little bit. I want to say maybe sixty or eighty bucks a month to have that feature, but I can just Wire it right for it from my plus wire right, fees, wire, right. uh, depends on the amount I'm wiring out, but it could be okay. yeah. If I do it from my personal account, it's included in my I can do up to 50,000 from my personal account, so I typically do some out of there and then yeah. some from my business account. So, um, okay, cool, yeah.
0: yeah. I don't know, that's just something I always wondered because I used, it used to be a kind of a thorn in my side, and then. Nowadays, I honestly just like lean on my mom a little bit for help because she's she's really? in and out of the banks anyways. Yeah. So I'll just yeah. I mean, I don't know if I should have said that, but I, mean, I love my mom. I always <laughs> take care of her. So she's kind of like employee number one and she she's willing to help out. So
1: that's awesome. No, uh, I live on an island in North Carolina, so I don't have a bank, a, a branch within an hour from me that I bank. At. So, yeah, I'm not going to a branch.
0: So, yeah. Plus they're closing down yeah. so many bank branches. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but, uh, never a good sign when that's happening, but anyways, it's for yeah. a different day. No, not,
1: for my nine to five, I work in the financial industry too, as well. So it's, I, I totally understand how
0: that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Anyways. Um, so tell me about like expanding your, um, I don't know, should I say expanding? It's not, I guess it's not your brand or your not off your first product, but what's, what did things look like after that?
1: Um, yeah, we do have a brand. We trademarked our, our brand name. Um, and we just keep, launching new products. Um, so a lot of the early products from 19 and early 2000, um, we, we don't have anymore. We've either found better products to invest our capital in, or they didn't sell well enough. Like at first, you know, they were selling good for the scale. Mm -hmm. When we first started, my goal was to really make like sell like six, $800 a day was my goal. Um, just enough that I could supplement our income and my wife could be a stay-at-home mom. And then once that got to all of a sudden, we're doing a thousand dollars a day in sales. And then, you know, we're like, you know, maybe, maybe eventually I could replace my income, you know? And so we just kept launching new products. Um, And none of them have a theme. Like if you, if you looked at my catalog, which is um, maybe 15 products now or something like that, um, a lot of them are variations. Like I did, like what you did, like even with the lanterns, we started with a 20 pack and then we launched a 10 pack and a five pack.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, same thing. And I do that with every product I have so far for the most part, um, have variations to them and they're easy wins. You're already getting the traffic to your, your listing. Um, as long as the, the variation makes sense, like it's gotta be something that the market's calling for. Um, I have found that that's the, and an easy way to launch too, cause you already have reviews, right? So mm-hmm. you're not trying to do that whole new launch strategy. So getting a couple of, uh, you're getting your foot in the door with a couple of, is, is uh, really important. Um, but yeah, so there's no, no general theme to our products and they are completely different from each other, except for the
0: variation listings. So, so is it a general brand that you trademarked or do you have more than one, um, brand registered brand? Just one, just one. Yeah, and it's, that's general. how I would do it too.
1: Yeah. Uh, our first one, we, we didn't think that through our first uh, one was Sky lanterns, LLC. And then when that one crashed, yeah. it's like, well, our next product is in the the planting category. What does Skylanders have to do with plants? You know, so right. uh, we we did then register a general one where we just have everything under. So,
0: yeah, I've done the that same we, thing basically. <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, just we just did another. We launched another plant product last month. Uh, we've got a that kitchen product that we have now for I don't know, maybe a, close to a year now. I think that kitchen product's been out. So you know baby shower stuff all the there's there's no there's no connectivity there other than yeah there was a
0: niche so are you when you are doing your research like are you making decisions based off of like because this is something i always try to warn people of is like when you're looking at products doing your research like think of how much money it takes to like bankroll if you hit the number one spot you know do you like are you um Like, is that ever an issue for you? I mean, I don't know. That's kind of like a personal, like financial question, but I don't mean it like that. But like, is that something you take into account? Like I would never try to launch Bluetooth headphones because I know if I hit the number one spot, like I don't personally have the means to like fund that product. You know, I, I haven't,
1: um, I haven't thought that through because, you know, a lot of times I will, uh, use a credit line to finance a product. So it's never really money out of pocket and it's probably not the best, uh, financial advice to, to run a business off of a credit line, but I have taken advantage of that Amazon lending yeah, and uh, just utilize the crap out of that. So I, I don't have any personal money into the business anymore. I did at first, but yeah, it's all, it's all business credit lines at this point. So Interesting. Um, no, no, the things that stand out to me when I'm product searching is um, you know, I don't get me wrong. I I'd always love to have that top spot, but I typically look for like, what are the top, like three sellers making, And what can Mm. I kind of, what can I wedge in there? If, if I can beat, you know, them on photos and and product optimization or uh, product listing optimization, right? If I'm, if I have a better product and a better listing, where am I, you know, how much of that can I pull in? So, um, I typically like to look for something that's doing like 50,000 a month in sales, right? 30 to
0: 50,000.
1: I think that's a good range because you probably won't get quite that high. I have one product that's a bestseller. Um, but the rest of them are just in that top, like top three in that category.
0: So. Nice. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I guess you probably, if someone's new, you know, would you recommend probably like aiming a little bit lower <laughs> so that, you know, like I always tell people maybe try to make like a thousand a month in profit off the first product. Like just cause like most people don't want to throw that much money into the first yeah. product and average profit margins and all that. Like, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it, like, who cares if it's 500 bucks a month, like get a successful right. product that you're making money off of to start and, and build off of it from there. You know, like have, I,
0: have you had any products? Like, uh, I, I once launched, um, like cap, like glass, like cappuccino mugs or something, just cause they seemed like a yeah. screaming, like a screaming, Oh, do this, do this. And then immediately regretted it. I, I instantly had sales and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be rich off this product, you yeah. know? And, and then just like, I had to cut it loose cause of how many of them would break in the mail. Did you ever have any like similar uh,
1: issues? That's, that's really good feedback. So, um, i I've, I've been trying to help my brother get into the game. I offered to kind of bankroll his first product as long as he kept it a cheap one, you know, as long as he didn't get crazy. Um, and that was one of the products that he, double walled glass cappuccino cups um, it was one that he, he found the numbers looked the numbers looked good on it. Um, I don't, I don't think he just, I think he had that kind of uh, analysis paralysis deal where he just never wanted to pull the trigger, even though I was going to be paying for it. I think he was still being smart with my money, I guess, mm-hmm. but um, I have, I mean, let me try to think. So, uh, yeah, I can tell you that these, I think it was like the second product we launched were stackable planters and they were huge, right? They take out, they take a ton of inventory space and Amazon inventory fees. Um, when you get those bigger products, I think last December they hit us with like six or eight grand worth of inventory fees. So how you yeah. make money off that. Right. So right. that's, that's just a product that um, would always show up missing, missing parts or damaged and, we just—it wasn't worth the hassle to keep it up. I don't Plus, think return
0: shipping. <laughs> yeah, you know,
1: and, and then the space—like we have—we probably have forty of them underneath my house right now because they get returned, and then Amazon sends them to me once they've been opened. And it's like, what do we? They're like half used. They Some of them have dirt, and I'm like, it sucks. <laughs> but so that's just like one pro- product. We just kind of like it was more hassle than it was worth. Um, wasn't enough profit in it to keep running with it. Um, I think I do have one variation of it still live, but it, once it runs out of product, I probably won't restock it. Um, that's gotcha. also a seasonable product. So, like, they sell really well in April and May, but it's a pretty sharp drop off towards the middle of summer. And then, you know, there'll be a little pickup for Christmas gifts, but that Q4 for inventory is where they get you. And if you have a oh, product yeah. that's 12 by 12 by 10, I mean, They're they're gonna they're gonna eat you up on
0: that. So there was there was somebody on Reddit like years ago when they first made the like it was like the worst they'd ever made the fees and I think they've since kind of like curtailed them made them a little bit more fair, but like that one Q four where they first like spiked the fees I don't know if it was like end of eighteen or maybe end of nineteen but like somebody on Reddit was like yeah I sold eight million dollars on Amazon and I have to claim to the IRS that I lost money on it. Like, this'll be interesting because literally the fees wrecked them so badly. You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Amazon fees takes up a huge portion of it. Like when I tell people I have a product vessel for $40, I source it for about 15. They're like, oh, all that profit. It's like, yeah, but Amazon takes almost the rest of it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah they,
0: they they really got it figured out. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then PPC, you know, like I, I, I'm doing about $3,500 a day in sales right now. And my PPC nice. is about about four hundred a day, three fifty to four hundred dollars a day in PPC. So, ten uh, percent of you know overall sales is going right to right to Amazon just for that, and then they get another chunk every time they sell some, you know, or we sell some. So.
0: Yeah. But I mean, PPC, like I, I'm with you though. I'd rather spend the money and like kind of keep my products, either get them ranked or keep them, you know, keep the yep. boot on my competition's neck as I think of it.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, for real. Um, I've not done that. I have some products where I'll like, I'll turn off PPC to see what happens. You can just watch your BSR slowly. Well, climb, you know, cause the lower the better for BSR, yeah. but um, yeah, you can just watch it. So like you might sell, you know, you might have a little bit higher profits on the products you're selling, but you're not going to sell as many and then to top it off you're going to start slipping in rank. So um I've actually been trying to figure out ways that I can I can make it harder for my competitors. So there's one one niche that I'm in that I'm I'm the the best seller, the you know, the number one listing. I got that that top bar with my products. I got the video ad for for most of the search terms close nice, to it. Nice nice. Now I'm trying to figure out how I can take up more real estate, right? With like variations. So I was thinking about it's got three variations of the project. product. I was thinking about splitting those off and trying to take up the maybe the top three spots with it, right? I,
0: I've done um, that, man. My first product was in a category where you couldn't do child variations. So I didn't have the option, oh, even nice. if I wanted to. So I, I did do that. <laughs> I,
1: I've been having a hard time getting the variations to rank though. It's always still that first one. And the child ones don't seem to want to get up there. So I, I'll be honest, I'm, I'm a little impatient when it came to that. So I probably only gave it like maybe four or five days and I'm like, it's just not getting the traction I want. So I put them back together. And as soon as I put them back together, boom, they're all selling so
0: what what about like sponsored brand ads? I was going to ask you uh, earlier. Are you taking advantage of those? Uh,
1: the the header ones. The yeah. Does
0: it let you yeah. with the child variations? It does, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's the only way I've ever done it is with child variations. Yeah. So the the, the products that I have uh three three variations or more, I would. Usually I figured it did. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I did try to do it once with different, but because they were in different categories, it they didn't match up.
0: Yeah. I used to have yeah. a vendor central account. So I could like, well, vendor central ads account, which they closed that down because it was like, it was like cheating for people that had it. Someone messaged me once and just like tried to pay me a lot of money just for access to mine. Cause you could advertise any product on Amazon. So it was like really awesome for like, if you had like Amazon KDP, cause the KDP accounts like let you do some stuff, not others. And so yeah. I would run sponsored uh, brand ads or headline search ads. I think they were called initially. And like I could just pick a product from Amazon's catalog that was like complimentary that wasn't mine and just jam it in to be the third product. No kidding. Yeah. You could take like, (laughs) I've done stuff like that, man. I've also like just drop shipped stuff that I never wanted to actually sell and marked it up like 5X, you know? But of course it's Amazon. So every now and then they'll still sell. That's
1: awesome. Yeah. No, I've never had anything cool like that. But I, I do, I think I'm a big believer in the video ads. Um, I think it's worth it. I've, I've gone most of my videos I've had, um, done off of Fiverr. So I get four or $500 into a video. Um, and those video ads typically have a cost around 10, percent Um, that's awesome. 15, yeah, I imagine you don't have to yeah.
0: bid too much, right? Is like, there's not that much competition generally. Speaking. That's, that's typically
1: it. Right. And for some reason they're, they're, uh, um, click through and, and their completion rate is high. So, um, you know, I've been I've been blessed with finding some good talent on Fiverr for the videos, um, but yeah, even even the ones that are mediocre still still have a pretty good A cost. So they film
0: so, like they film a real product. You send them one, or do they just like edit oh yeah. your pictures together.
1: No, no, I wouldn't do anything like that. Uh, I would definitely send them an actual product and and have them put it together, use it. You know, if if you can pay a little extra to have a model in there with it, I think that's even better too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, those, those videos that are just like the slides of your, of your pictures or additional pictures are,
0: are kind of I don't know cheap, but I still think it's better than nothing. But yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> better than nothing.
1: Yeah. If you can't, if you can't swing four or $500 or
0: you don't want to do that on your first product or something,
1: or launch it with something like that and then upgrade it down the road. Yeah. I've probably gotten a little cavalier with my product launches. Typically i like to go with like the full suite now of video and, and picture right at launch to, um, you know, get, get the because it's hard to get sales at first i I found you know like Mm -hmm. we launched a product um last week and it's it's been you know slow to you know you know six to eight sales a day but there's no reviews so nobody wants to be that first person to get a crappy product right so right um as long as you're doing things by the book and not not getting fake reviews which you shouldn't do because you'll get your listing you don't want to lose your Mm -hmm. seller account over some fake reviews right um it's hard. And they used to have that buying program, right. Where you could just say, yeah, I'll give you three, four products in exchange for reviews. And now they put a fee associated with that. And I want to say it's like what, like 150 or 200 bucks or something like that.
0: I've never used it. I've always just kind of like found somebody that was like, you know, I've never been to their house, anything like that. I'm just like, here, I'll PayPal you just buy it.
1: <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's unfortunately that, that's been done. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: You, you gotta you get gotta that first up. review. Like you said, man, you want to know something funny though. My first ever, um, like when I got like samples from my supplier for the first product I ever launched, I ended up like mm-hmm. packaging them manually, sending them in FBA manually just to see the process, you know, yep. and it sold and got a five star, like just pure, pure luck. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah, cause that can make or
1: break you. If your first review is a, a one star or two star, you're going to be in trouble, yeah. you know? So you definitely want to make sure those first couple that come through are, are good. Um, I, I, I did work out a deal with the, the lady that did my video. She was in Canada and, um, she did a really good one for me and I could not ship her one from inventory in, in Amazon. So we just made a deal. She purchased it and then I, you know, PayPal her or whatever it was, Venmo her back the money for the deal, which mm-hmm. then allowed, you know, opened it up for her to leave a review. And so she, me. <laughs> I paid her to do a video and she did a review. So nice that worked out. Win-win win well. for you. Yeah, right. <laughs> so if you can find a deal like that, jump on it, but.
0: Yeah. So um, where do you see like Amazon FBA going you know in the uh short to to mid term in the future like i you sound obviously very bullish on it but like you know just for everybody that's still watching that's like is this something i should be really considering especially maybe like q4 is coming anybody doing print on demand they're going to get a nice little you know deposit into their bank account uh in the next coming months so what should they do with that money
1: yeah i mean it's it, it would be tough right now to launch for for christmas time i mean just being honest yeah, so, yeah. yeah you got three months before christmas even if you found a product today by the time you sourced it got it over here uh, I, I don't know if you guys uh, ever talk about doing air shipping I've never used it it's it's too expensive but so you got to figure the shipment over here takes four to five weeks at best um you know so q4 might be aggressive but to, I've never seen the spike in q4 that would you know want me to push me off till next year or something like that like sales in January and February are just as strong if you have a if you find a decent product so um, unless it's seasonable, which obviously that's a different, different conversation, but, um, like the sooner you get in it, the better. And I would say, you know, start with a I I don't want to say inexpensive product, but start with what you can afford and you feel comfortable with, um, I don't want to say losing, but if you broke even on the product, would you be okay with it? Right. Yeah.
0: And um, even if you I, break even and it's getting ranked, I mean, that's a win, you know, the second time you reorder it, it's like, okay, you're ranked now, you yeah. got some reviews, get some profit. I mean,
1: personally, I don't look for profit off my first order because by the time you pay for photos and a video and PPC to launch, because you have to, you have to pay to have that product on that first page to start, right? You're not going to be on there when you first launch. To me, that first order is going to be a break even, maybe give or take a little bit, right? Maybe a couple hundred bucks. Um, The second order, maybe you can start thinking about, you know, can start calculating how much you're going to make off that order. One thing that I think does not get communicated well is when people are looking at this is when you do your first order, you have to have that second order on a boat coming to Amazon before that first order runs out. And I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people don't realize that the investment really, your investment has got to be the first two orders before you're going to start taking money off of it. Um, Because if the manufacturer has a 30 day window to, uh, to manufacture and it takes 30 days to get here from, from China, you're looking at a two month window there by the time you say, go ahead and place that order and put your 30% down. Um, Plus increased volume of is, in the second order, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> some more, if more units, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And if you have a product, if you find a product that actually sells and your first order is 500 pieces, that's not going to last you that long. So I'm not saying order more for your first order. I'm saying like, if you get it and the first two weeks you're like, you know what, we're starting to get some sales. I'm getting four or five a day it's it's time to to consider am i going to do a second order if you're going to do a second order that's the time to pull the trigger um because yep. running out of stock is is so bad for your listing because your rank decreases like all your traction goes away and even if it's just for a week you have to re-rank again and it, it does it doesn't completely go away but it definitely you have to pay more for advertising stuff so to get back up there and get get to where you were when you do de- when you know when you ran out of stock typically what yep. happens with and i do it a lot because um one of my products, I sell about fifty a day. So to keep keep that in stock, I'm ordering several thousand at a time. And we had a we had that shipping um, crisis or whatever for for like a year. It felt like right. I had shipments that took three months to get here. Between mm-hmm. all that mess, I ran out a lot, and I ended up finding a second vendor to get me products. So I was actually buying from two different places and just having them just kind of bombard me with shipments so I could have that steady. But for a while there, there were times that I ran out and, um, I forgot what my point was, but <laughs> it,
0: it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, just the bank good. rolling it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's just really expensive, um, to get, to get your product back up into that first page on Amazon to where, where customers are going to see it.
0: Yeah, so. man. I had I was just on the, on that note too, man, I had one, uh, shipment get, it got closed, dude. Like it took so long in 2020 to get to the, uh, to get to its destination that it literally, they were like, yeah, after I think three months, which is like three months, but I I created it to send the labels to my manufacturer, like with the payment basically. So it's just like, you got everything, you know, just get it done. And um, it literally got closed. You know what I mean? It got closed like a couple days prior to getting there, but it was just like such a headache, you know? Cause then it took even longer for them to like scan them in and, you know,
1: It was a nightmare for a while trying to figure out how much product to order because, it was taking so long to get through the port in California and then they're like, Oh yeah, they had to, they had to transfer cargo in Taiwan. So like we lost three weeks from them transferring cargo and like, what, like how is that part of the deal? Like, <laughs> Oh man, I was, I was getting so frustrated then, but um, yeah, I did find, if you can find, if you get to the point where you're looking for multiple suppliers for a product, it's a good problem to have. It means you're selling enough to where you need to, you know,
0: yeah, that's have awesome. a lot of
1: product, but yeah. That's fine.
0: Yeah. So are you planning on launching any more before the uh, year ends? Like, obviously, so for people watching, like, you're still bullish on FBA. And like, if you, you know, if they're not going to like get their product launched by end of year, like, would you still kind of guide people, you know? And I guess you told your brother to to start. So would you say like, you still kind of bullish on FBA into 2023? Yeah, I think, it's,
1: I, I think it's a good opportunity for that residual income. Like, whatever your goal is, I mean, to, just to have another income stream. Um, and that's something you can do on night and weekends, like, it's Amazon's not going to go away. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to get smaller. Yeah, sure. There's more people like, like us joining every day and selling products, but I'm telling you, like you see so much, uh, people joining and, and they just have crap for pictures and crap for listings. Like just do, do it and do it well, like do anything you do well. Right. And it will perform if you do well and you do your homework and pull the trigger. Don't, don't wait do that analysis paralysis stuff and and take three months to, to pick a product and, and that is that is the hardest part when you first that was start me. Off, it's, it's, yeah like oh my God like collapsible cups man this is it right I'm like oh, I don't know there's so many you know like whatever right like I, and I you can do focus groups and all that stuff but I mean like use some common sense and see what's selling um try, honestly the the best advice I I feel like I could have used is really Look at the competitors and their listings. Like if it's crappy pictures and, and poor worded bullet points and descriptions, and then you look through the reviews, like the, the best thing for me is like looking to reviews and filtering it by the one and the two star reviews and seeing what people are saying about the product and do something that will fix those, those complaints. Like if you can launch a product, like if your top two, three sellers have common threads and complaints, like fix that and launch that product. Um, like our best selling product is exactly that. Like there was a, the the top three sellers all had like 4.1, 4.2 ranking, which in Amazon is low and 4.3 and up is that, that half star, right? Mm -hmm. So it looks like you're almost a five star. So that's pretty bad when you're showing up. And I looked through the reviews and it was a lot of them were commenting on issues with the product material. So I spent six months working with um, a supplier, suppliers in China to create a product like that out of a different material that was harder and wouldn't have the issues of the material that was used by everybody else. And so now we're the only product in that niche that uses that material, but we're like the best, you well, know, not the best seller, but we're number two. And you, know, you will be, <laughs> I mean, as long as I can keep it stocked. Right now i'm having an issue where the supplier can only keep up about uh, a thousand units a month and it's just not enough so the problem is is i i've gotten pretty tight in bed with that supplier around that product because it took so long to get all the things lined up um it would it would take probably three four months to find another supplier that could create the same thing because they've kind of got a they've kind of got me with it now and they're limited to about a thousand pieces a month because it's made out of uh, hdpe that high density polyurethane polyurethane Mm. polyethylene so it's the raw
0: material that they're having trouble sourcing and then
1: cutting it and putting it together the way that we we gotcha. created together so it's just it's a labor-intensive process it takes a while and it's not their only product they make for us we i um i i went back to the same supplier for multiple products like like you were talking about doing before
0: they keep um, it simple
1: <laughs> yeah you know i i've i've my first product that sky lanterns um that the the supplier i went to for that i built a really good relationship i think it's another really important thing is to build good relationships with them um i feel like the chinese really value friendship um and so like if you know i would i'd give them cash on the sides um not saying that that's the best practice but i've done it on the side if i have a successful product and they help me get that point i've i've sent them two three hundred dollars as a tip so um we you know we talk a lot you know outside you know yeah. how it's house family that kind of stuff like just be a good yeah. human to and build that friendship the first product ever launched that manager we don't do sky lanterns anymore but i i chat with him every day about uh three different products that we work together on and then multiple variations for each one um i i've yet to find a really good way to kind of car, car, car compartmentalize the different products So we have through that alibaba chat it's really hard to kind of keep up with what we're ah. doing um, because we have so many different products we're working on at any one time but um, use them and they want to get sales. So like when you tell them, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of researching this product. What do you think about it? Could you source this if I wanted it? Or could you help me source it? And a lot of times they, they have connections.
0: Uh, yeah. I hundred all- percent, man. Like my, uh, my freight forwarder who, uh, the guy who, co- who coached me on FBA, like actually like met in China. So I've been working with the same freight forwarder for over five years now. And like I, when I went to China in 2018, like I met up with him, you know, and like, so mm-hmm. I got that relationship and he helps me source stuff too. He knows all my manufacturers. So like, I don't know if people want to be this hands off, but I'm like, I have no problem with it. Cause I'm like, I'm definitely busy enough. So like, he'll just like yeah. have the relationship with the manufacturers. They just call him. They're like, Oh, it's ready. He just goes, gets it, sends me the bill. And I pass, yes. I forward it to my mom. Like mom, pay them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't do it. Mom, pay me.
0: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I I'm I laughing, my but mom, it's true. Something like that. Yeah.
1: That's hilarious. <laughs> that's really good though.
0: Uh yeah yeah i guess you know i'm all about streamlining stuff so right now i guess I, or i can just get online banking like you got and that would probably be an <laughs> easier way because going to the bank branches man it's just getting harder and harder so it, Anyways. Takes,
1: it takes five minutes to do a wire online yeah so it's
0: easy cool hey um the last question i was thinking of and feel free to add anything you want because um we've been chatting for a while i've been loving the, the conversation but like i just wanted to ask like how passive is fba like if anybody's watching they haven't started like how passive is fba
1: uh it depends where you're comfortable stopping to be honest with you right i could have probably stopped a year ago launching your products and just kind of connected with the suppliers maybe once a week and said you know let's do an order next week um as long as you're just comfortable with what you have launched you could stop after one product and just roll on on that um, until that pro- every product has a life cycle right so if you launch a product it's good for a year or two until you have to refresh it or or change it up or something but I would say if you wanted it to be fairly passive you could give it a couple hours a week you know two three hours a week and, and leave it um i probably spend two hours a day give or take maybe an hour to two a day just because launching new products and then constantly tweaking my ppc yeah um like because it spends so much i try to try to bring it in a little bit that 300 to 400 dollars a day is i could bring that in a little bit to be nice
0: that's the responsible thing to do but that's also like you said a function of you know like you have your products that are brand new you got your ones that are still scaling and then you got your established ones and
1: yeah and i'm launching new products and that takes that takes time um you know you have to constantly be working on them and uh to to launch new ones like if you've got to constantly be working on it to to get to that point where it launches and then when you launch it you can let it go but like i'm watching it you know like I'm, i'm gonna stay on top of it for a while until it so it's kind of hit it's it's um you know you can see that with the sales right you can see where it's kind of leveled out mm. and you can leave it at that point or you can keep working on it and launch another product and and invest more time and money into your business and um but yeah i think it, it can be passive if that's what you're looking for i think once i get to and i already already um kind of made myself a promise that i wasn't going to try to launch any more products in 2022 and just really focus on the ones that i have as far as getting them launched and uh kind of streamlined because they, they do take a lot of capital when you have fifteen products. Mm. And so launching products takes capital. Just maintaining the ones you have take capital. I just kind of like to just keep where I'm at and just you know really rock out like 10 of them, you know, and make sure I don't run out of stock and um just kind of see where I can end up at the yeah. end of the year. Cause
0: let well, the cash flow level out or catch up almost right.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly I felt like that it,
0: too before. <laughs> well,
1: yeah. One of my products takes like it's like 15, 16 bucks per unit. So and I'm wow. going through a thousand a month. So that's yeah, it adds up pretty
0: quick. Decent amount. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So. cool, man. Well, congrats on the success. It's a good problem to have, right? Even if it's it's not even a problem really, but it's just a good, good thing to have. Yeah,
1: sales are good. Now we'll see what the end of the year P and L says, right? So
0: <laughs> Junk- yeah, jungle says
1: sure 18% profit, but I'm not sure on their numbers, man. Like it's it's a little weird.
0: Yeah, especially aggregating all those. But I'm hey, if the total like revenue says has two commas, I think that'd be worth popping a bottle of champagne.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, because I remember when I first started this, being like million dollar sellers a year. Like, how the heck would you do that? And now it's like I do a hundred thousand every month, so it's it it doesn't feel like it's that big a deal once you get there. But it is, I guess.
0: Yeah, that's that's great, man. Well, hey, I've really appreciated the conversation, and you know, we've been in touch for a while, so I'm glad we got to sit down and just kind of like uh, you know talk about it on youtube and whatnot hopefully if everybody enjoyed hit that like and subscribe button and uh hey matt man thanks for being here i appreciate it yeah man thank you ryan